Love being able to worship with you guys. And uh, it's great to be able to walk through a time of communion and remembrance. We're in a series, it's called The Glimpse of the Messiah. Glimpse of the Messiah. And uh, as we're walking through this series, we're looking in the book of Hebrews, and we're just walking phrase by phrase through parts of it there. Uh, The author of Hebrews is ending up uh, calling out some different psalm quotes. And uh, we're taking each quote and then reading it, making sure we understand it in Hebrews, and then jump into the psalm it's coming from and grasping a little bit more clear glimpse of the Messiah, all right? So today we're going to be in Psalm uh, chapter 110. So go ahead and turn with me there, if you will, Psalm 110. And uh, we're going to be digging into this psalm and seeing Christ not only as king, but also as priest, enthroned priest, let that settle, enthroned like king, priest, coming between and for us. And it's a huge privilege for us to know him as both God, king, and priest, and a massive responsibility that Christ took on himself. And, uh, as we take a look at uh, Hebrews 1.13, I'm just going to read real quickly the verse we're going to be leaping off of here. It says, and to which of the angels has he, God the Father, ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? And, uh, to which of the angels has the Father ever said, hang on, I'm going to make all your enemies your footstool? And the answer is, uh, to none of them, Right? And we're supposed to know the answer to that is none of them. This comes from Psalm 110, and it's actually a psalm that it speaks of Christ and his kingship, but also Christ and his priestliness. And uh, we get to see both facets of it. How are we supposed to see this God? How are we supposed to refer and respond to this God? And uh, that's where we're walking through today. You know, the presidential elections are coming up. And uh, we had the Republican National Convention and then the Democratic National Convention and people who want to take the throne of the United States of America as president, right? People who want to step up, they're standing up and they're making some statements and they're making some promises. They've got some thoughts and some hopes and some dreams and they're telling us things they plan on doing or accomplishing. And we believe somewhere between 0% and 5% of the promises, right? We're like, well, that's what you have to say to get elected. And we get used to it. We get used to hearing things said just so they can get. And then afterwards, we'll see what actually gets worked out. And uh, just so you know, that is not our God. And all of God's people said, man, when he makes a promise, he stands by the promise. When he says what he's planning to do, he will do it. The end. And uh, that's the God we're looking at today. A God who's got some statements, a God who's got some promises, and a God who will come through as he's enthroned. And so how do we respond to him? Point number one, offer yourself freely to Jesus the King. Offer yourself freely to Jesus the King. His divinely given power will dominate the world. His divinely given power will dominate the world. Offer yourself freely. Huge opportunity for us to respond to our God. It says, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. And we'll just hold there. This is a psalm of David. This is a psalm written by King David. And it's a psalm reflecting on his kingship. But it's reflecting on more than that. It's reflecting on the one in charge over him. 
And uh, he's understanding the role he plays and the role God plays in his life. So he says, the Lord, take a look at it there, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Make sure when you're reading the Old Testament, you always check out the word Lord. If it's in all caps, that is the personal name of God being used, Yahweh, right? And so this is Yahweh. You can know me personally. Yahweh, yes, he is almighty and other and different. He is transcendent and we can barely know and understand and grasp who and what he is. Yes, that big of a God, but more than that, he gives us his personal name and we can also know him personally, privately, and powerfully. He is not just a God out there, distant, transcendent. He is a God right here, present, We can know him, we can relate to him. And so he gives his personal name. And when we see these all capped, this is the personal name of God. Lord, Yahweh, personal. The Lord says to my Lord, my Lord. And uh, what's David talking about here? And uh, he's talking about the one who's in charge over him. Well, hang on, he's like king of Israel. What do you mean who's in charge over him? This is the reference to the Messiahship. This is the reference to Jesus Christ. As he's like, my Messiah, my Lord, and notice here it's now in the L and then lower O-R-D. This is a different word, Adonai. This is a word that means in charge, yes, and, uh, but it's a word that's reflecting on the one in charge over me. And so he's reflecting on his Messiah King, Jesus Christ, and then God the Father over him. This is God the Father saying to God the Son, I got a seat right here for you. Sit at my right hand and, uh, until I make your enemies your footstool. Sit at my right hand. This is the ruling hand of God. The right hand was considered his ruling hand, his judging hand, his discerning hand, his make it happen hand, his sovereign hand. And he's like, why don't you take a seat? I've got this handled, but you are sitting at my right hand. You have to do with my rule, my reign, my judgment, my authority. And in the future, you're going to be a part of it. And uh, God the Father, he invites him to sit right next to him in his ruling hand. Notice it says, sit at my right hand until. And make sure when you read scripture, you read very carefully. It is easy for us to just skid past verses and words and fly through them and almost get to a point where we're like, and I don't even know what that said. Moving on, right? And we like, be careful with that. And there's a statement that said here, sit at my right hand until. In other words, You're going to be here for a season, but not forever, right? And you're going to be sitting here. Remember, Ephesians 1.20 says that he ascended into the heavens and he was seated at the right hand of the Father. Hang on, that's for a season. And uh, when will that be done? Well, he says, until I make your enemies your footstool. Until I make your enemies your footstool. Until I place every single rebellion in its right place under your feet, you resting on them. They will either be turning to you in submission or they will be forced to submission. Your enemies will be put under your footstool. That is when you will no longer be seated at my right hand. You will be taking the throne yourself and uh, Christ becoming the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hear me. Yes, there is a spiritual rule of Jesus Christ even right now, but I'm telling you, he will rule physically for eternity 
as he stands up from his seated position and takes over in charge as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus Christ, yes, it's until, until I make your enemies my footstool. And uh, I love that they even had footstools back then. We think about it in America, right? We've got ours where we even build them into the couches now. We're like, are you serious? I'd have to like walk over there, grab it and bring it back. Can't somebody like build it in for me, right? So now we're sitting there and then you pull the little magic lever. Ours is hidden just inside the couch. So it's not ugly sitting outside. I don't know. It was always nice anyway. It had a nice piece of wood on it, but now they're hidden inside. So we reach inside and we pull and the footstool just comes out for you right? Just set up right there for you, so nice and easy to relax on. And, and uh, I have to admit, I use it a lot. And I enjoy the relaxation part of it. And, and uh, you know, uh, in the past months here, I've been getting into uh, weightlifting a little bit more, doing some working out stuff and trying to uh, do a, a little bit of dieting piece. Actually, I'm kind of on the back end of that. So for those of you who are like, is he sick? Is he losing weight? I'm actually doing fine. I've actually had probably a dozen people say, are you okay, dude? And uh, it's intentional. I was losing a little bit of weight and doing some working out. But after the heavy workout, go upstairs, take the shower, get a big drink, go over, sit down. You pull the lever and the footstool comes out and you say, ah, right? And you're kicking back and relaxing. And I'm just telling you, that's the image here. There is a relaxation of Christ in charge and everybody put under and the rebellion is done and there is ah, going on. That's going on with Jesus Christ here. And uh, The Lord God the Father says to my Lord God the Son, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. And uh, he's like, I'm just telling you, I'm sending you out from here, the Messiah, and then the kingship that goes with the Messiah. You're going out with your scepter, the thing you rule with. And you're going to make clear who you are, not just to the nation of Israel, but to the whole world. And uh, Jesus Christ, he is king of kings. He is king of Israel He is the Messiah, but he will be king over all the world. And it says, the Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. He is going to take over everywhere. Not just some places, all places. And uh, how many places? And you better know it. Jesus Christ is going to rule for eternity over all. And... uh, Go into these places and rule over your enemies. A huge statement of the domination and the forcefulness that's going to go on with Christ. And man, this is a little bit of a glimpse of Revelation 19 going on. As he storms in and takes charge and it gets placed rightly where it belongs under his feet. As he relaxes and notice our response, verse 3. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. Your people, everybody say, that's me. And if you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, this is you. Your people, Messiah, will offer themselves freely. Will offer themselves freely. This is that moment where you get to say, Lord, take me. Lord, for you. All of me, I'm in. 
May you be glorified freely. This isn't a guy standing behind you with a knife going, say it, right? And you're like, take me. I don't want to say this. Like it's not, everybody say not that. (laughs) Offered freely, willingly, excitedly. Because right now we see Jesus Christ through a glass dimly. I can't even imagine what it's going to look like when we see him fully. Stunned by his greatness. In awe of his brightness and his glory and his perfection and his none otherness. May we worship him freely and fully. And, uh, your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power. That's like when he's taking over, when it's all put under his footstool. And uh, in holy garments. Dude, I don't know what that looks like, but it's got to be better than what we're wearing now. Right? In holy garments. Some of you are like, hey, I just bought this. I'm sure yours is close to a holy garment then, all right? We'll just say that for you. Holy garment, who knows? This is some kind of unbelievable, gorgeous, perfect statement of who we belong to. We are God the fathers. We are his children adopted in, and he is going to clothe you well. Holy garments. It says, from the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. And just so you know, the commentaries say, the Hebrew here is very obscure. (laughs) In other words, I don't know what that means. And uh, really, we don't know what it means. Uh, From the womb of the morning. So you can kind of let this play on words. Some people have thought, from the womb of the morning, is that like maybe the east? Like as it gives the sun up, as the sun begins to rise. And uh, from the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth, like the plentiful freshness that comes every morning as the dew is set, it's like the dew of your youth, it'll be yours. And and it could also mean the dew, like maybe this is even speaking to the soldiers and those who are offering themselves up by the hundreds of millions, whatever it might mean, somehow he has massively blessed Jesus Christ the Messiah day after day after day for all of eternity. He is refreshed, he is made much of, and it's partly our job as we lift him up on high and we celebrate him. Man, we have a chance to offer ourselves freely. And as we live life here on earth, this is where we're learning how to do that at some levels. And thank God that he will be taking away the sinful, broken facet of us in some kind of miracle moment, that which is imperfect in us will be drawn away and we will be with him for all of eternity, perfect. Never again will you walk in a room and your first thought will be, what about me? Done with that. I don't know if we can even grasp how freeing it's gonna be to have no selfishness to struggle with. Every time you think You're thinking godly, holy, perfect, almighty, glorifying thoughts, and you're moving right where he wants you to move. Do you get the shackle that's done? Do you see the work he's accomplishing? Man, every moment we struggle with an attitude or a word or a statement or a thought or a just know he's coming to fix that problem. And all of God's people said, 
Man, we get to worship him in perfection. We get to be clothed in holy garments. We get to offer ourselves freely, fully, completely for eternity, making much of him. And this is the place where we begin to practice that day by day by day. And all of God's people said, and may we get a hold of this and let him begin to do a work on us even here and now, changing piece by piece, changing us one degree of glory at a time as we allow him to do a work on us. The king at work in this place. Here's a, a few earmarks of the king's reign. Just drawing it back out of this passage. Uh, this will be a worldwide reign of Jesus Christ. He will be in charge of everything. Earmark of his reign, worldwide, universal, everything included, worldwide. Uh, the earmark of the king's reign, it'll include our willing hearts. Yes, it'll be worldwide. Yes, it'll have a group of people willingly coming to him, worshiping him, celebrating him, sinless because of the work he's done in us and through us. And uh, it's his work. Everybody say it's his work. Dude, we are not going to make ourselves perfect. We all get that, right? It is his work, his glory that changes us here on earth, and it'll be his glory that changes us to perfection there with him. And uh, huge. Worldwide reign, willing hearts, and then last, the lavishing of giving. His lavish giving as he pours on opportunities and privileges to us. Lavish giving. This is the kingdom of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It'll be universal. It'll be willing. And it'll be with lavish giving as he pours it on. And we get to celebrate him for all of eternity. What does it look like to offer ourselves up to him freely? And I got to tell you, this past week I was wrestling with, man, what's a good illustrate for this? And I was going back and forth on different thoughts. And, and I got to tell you, um, I just kept coming back to one element. This past week in VBS, dude, if you weren't here for it, set it in your calendars next year. You have got to be here for and catch this. Come serve with us and see this happen. As we put hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of kids, we had tons of kids filling this space in here, celebrating and worshiping him, learning to worship him, some for the very first time, learning to make much of his name. We had volunteers all over the place, smiling, helping, serving, laughing, being a part of it, offering themselves up four straight nights, pouring it on with VBS, nights before it, getting it set up, after it, cleaning up, pouring it in freely, passionately. I love worshiping and serving with you guys. This place is a blast to be around. And for those of you who were here all week and were a part of it, you're like, amen to that. That thing was awesome. And seeing all that was going on and watching the lives change, I'm telling you, it was rocking the kids' lives, rocked my life. I didn't even realize how much. I came in here this morning and we start worshiping and some of the songs coming back from the VBS stuff and I'm picturing this whole place on fire with little kids and balloons flying everywhere and stuff going on and huge celebration and I'm telling you, Christ made much of. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. And uh, you might be like, I barely understand what you're talking about, Tim. I wasn't here and I, I'll tell you what, we got a little recap video. Let's make sure you get a taste of what it looks like to offer yourself up.
My life is not my own. I surrender. And, uh, and we had over 700 kids here. We had over 500 adults helping out throughout the week. We had 91 kids accept Christ. And how about you? Have you surrendered to the one who is king of kings? Are you willing to give yourself freely to him and let him rule in your life and offer yourself to the king? His name is Jesus Christ, All right? Number two, entrust yourself fully to, the, to Jesus, the priest. His sacrifice and the Father's promise are your hope. Entrust yourself fully to Jesus, the priest. His sacrifice and the Father's promise are your hope. And, uh, we start out here. It says, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. And I'm telling you, we better grasp this. When God makes a promise, he does not back down. The Lord has sworn. Everybody say it's a guarantee. And will not change his mind. Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord God. I change not. All right, this is our God. We count on him. We lean on him. Man, this society is flipping all over the place. Value systems going all over the place. Whatever is considered right today will be considered wrong tomorrow. Whatever was right yesterday is veered off of today. And just so you know, that is not our God. God takes a stand and he sits with it for eternity. It's who he is. I am the Lord, your God. I change not. Hear me, it doesn't mean he's not fresh. It doesn't mean he's not new. It doesn't mean he's not expressive, but it means he will forever remain holy. And all of God's people said, and that is our king. The Lord has sworn he will not change his mind. He says, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Notice before he was talking about king, now he's talking about priest. King sits over and runs. Priest, priest is sitting between. Priest represents man up to God and God down to man. Priest, he has a role of mediation. He comes between. We're told in 1 John chapter 2 that Jesus Christ is our advocate. On our behalf, he stands in the gap. He's your king, yes. He's your priest, yes. He is your advocate. It says here, a priest forever. And make sure you read carefully these little words that tell you things theologically of what's going to go on that will never, ever end. He will forever be representing you up and representing the Father down and caring for in the midst. Jesus Christ has it in hand he is your priest. Everybody just say, he's my priest. And he's my priest. I barely know if I get what that means sometimes, right? Notice he tried to help us out. He's like, after the order of Melchizedek. There you go. That's clear enough, right? We're like, what does that mean? And uh, so here's what it is. The priest, well, there could be the order of Aaron. That was all the priests that were in Israel. They were after the order of Aaron. They were only priests. That was their job to represent and between God and man and play that middle role, and they were only priests. Melchizedek, well, he had something different going on. He was a priest. It says, uh, actually in Genesis 14, 18, he was a priest of the God Most High, of God Most High. But it says more than that. He was also king of Salem. 
Melchizedek, he was king and priest. He's like, just so you understand, Messiah, more like Melchizedek. He's kingship and priest. He will rule. He will stand over all. He will take ultimate authority. He's in charge. And he will provide and he will care and he will be tender and he will be on your behalf. King and priest. The order of Melchizedek. And there is massive truth in that simple little statement. Jesus Christ, him for me. There is safety in knowing him. There is security in knowing him. There is protection in knowing him. He's got it in hand. And uh, All right. It says, the Lord is at your right hand. Now notice this one is lowercase. L-O-R-D, but lowercase, right? It's capped in the first letter, but the rest are lower. And so what's going on here? This is that word Adonai, but it's in a form here that's always applied to God himself in some way. So this now is speaking very specifically to the Messiah. The Lord Messiah is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. And uh, man, I'm just telling you, we better not toy with the fact that God does have wrath. And... Uh, He absolutely has love. He absolutely has patience. He absolutely has provision. He absolutely loves us and cares for us, and he will pour in to us. And he absolutely stands for what's true and right. And he has a wrath that will stand against rebellion. Absolutely. It says he will shatter kings on the day of his wrath, those standing against him, right? He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses, well, that's not really a happy thought. And uh, just so you know, rebellion doesn't end well, right? And, uh, but please notice his passionate call is that we offer ourselves freely, not under duress. May we recognize the greatness of this king, that he is not ruling with a heavy hand, but he is also priest, caring for me with all he's got, providing for me, fair to me, and then beyond fair him for me. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth, over the wide earth. He will absolutely make this a worldwide domination, and uh, Revelation 19 will come to a true physical end as he reigns and rules over all. And uh, I just wrote these words down. Um, We wrestle a lot with seeing phrases about God's wrath and God's um, handling of rebellion. And uh, we're used to kind of the New Testament terminology and some of the statements of God is love and God caring for us. And, and we, we have to try to figure out how to put those two together. And uh, yes, God is love. He is always love. God is, everybody just say, God is love. He is love. But I'm telling you, true love truly responds to outright sin and rebellion. And I just wrote this phrase down, true love upholds righteousness and stands against sinfulness. True love upholds righteousness and stands against sinfulness. There is no greater definition of shepherding than loving somebody so much that you're willing to wade into the sin and hurt with them and help them through some heartaches and get them to a point where they're seeing victory. And uh, man, it is not love to ignore the sinfulness that is blowing up somebody's life 
and pretend that somehow that tolerance is actually relabeled love. That is not love, and that is a miss. And biblically, we see a huge statement of love. It upholds righteousness and stands against sinfulness. Here's another quote this week I was trying to figure out and try to put some words down. Here's some words I wrote. There is no security in a God who does not stand against evil. There is no security in a God who does not stand against evil. And there is massive security in a God who will ultimately stand against all evil and put it right. And well, why doesn't he do it now? You don't understand the evil I just tasted of. You don't know how this broken world just touched our family. Why doesn't he do it right now? I have no clue. I can't answer what God's doing in each of our lives individually, but I can tell you this. He's doing something. He's at work. And he loves you deeply. And he's growing you passionately. And he's shaping you. May we not be content with this broken world. May we long for the perfection our king will bring. Amen? Man, I'm telling you, our job is to grow in this world. Let the hurts shape you. Watch God grow you. He's doing an amazing work. And uh, yes, there is no security in a God who does not stand against evil, and that's why we have so much security in this God, because he does take a stand and ultimately will stand against. Notice it says, he will shatter chiefs over the whole earth. All rebellion everywhere stopped, him in charge, and us willingly offering ourselves to him in celebration for eternity, him served. May he get all the glory. And uh, man, I'm telling you, there's great benefit for us because he's not the dictatorial king. He's also priest. He brings it to bear with us. He is Lord over all. And uh, notice what it says here in verse seven. He will drink from the brook by the way. Just picture the warrior who's just gotten done with some battle and he's on his way to another battle and there's a little brook running. He comes up he kneels down and he takes a little water and he sips the water as he relaxes and he gets refreshed. This is a picture of your king never tiring, fully refreshed, always ready to go. It says, therefore, he will lift up his head. He will lift up his head watching for what's coming, but more than that, he will lift up his head in victory. This is our king fully refreshed, in full victory, his enemies under him as a footstool, him taking a break on life as all of this rebellion put in place, as all of this brokenness is restored, as the King of kings and Lord of lords puts it all back together, Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Do you believe that? He is Lord of all. Dude, do not make him Lord of some in your life. He is Lord of all. Let him be king in your life. Let him be priest in your life and worship him with all you've got. Jesus Christ, to him alone, God said, sit here at my right hand and I will put your enemies under your footstool. We will make this world right. So says God the Father 
to God the Son. There is hope in him as he restores this world. Man, here's my request. As you go through this day, as you go through this week, as you go through the rest of this year, as you go to vote, know this. We serve the perfect king. And every promise he makes will come true. And every promise he makes will be had. Every moment he said he will be a part of it and fulfill it, he will. Some of it is already done and some of it is to come. His name is Jesus Christ. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He sets up and deposes. There isn't one person that rules that doesn't sit under his authority, whether they like it or not. All right? Amen. Amen. I love that we serve in a country where we can vote. Vote. But know this, your God's in charge. Worship him, serve him, praise him, and let him be your advocate and priest. Let him be Lord of all, not just Lord of some. And all of God's people said, let's pray.